Hi, I am Matthew Martin from End Hunger NE, and you are listening to the Two Bald Pastors podcast, connecting real faith with real life. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Today we have with us Don Johnson, who is the Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries. We know him best from his time at Camp Calumet, and we welcome Don to be with us, or as we like to call him, D-Guy. Hi, D-Guy. How are you? Well, it's great to be here, and I'm very, very happy and honored, I feel privileged to be uh, a guest of the uh, Two Bald Pastors podcast, and uh, you interview such interesting, wonderful people. I hope I don't let the audience down, but uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Well, we're excited to have you on the podcast, and it's always great to kind of just hang out a little bit, to talk with you, to learn from your Uh, experience, and I always leave our conversations excited about ministry and just excited about life. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about hanging out with you guys. Well, why don't we start by just telling us what you're doing now? So you're the executive director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries. Could you tell us what that is and what you're doing? I am. Yeah, Lutheran Outdoor Ministries is reverently referred to as LOM, And um, I serve as the executive director, and I'm the first executive director of LOM. LOM is an organization comprised of 101 outdoor ministry organizations, all of which are affiliated with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, with the ELCA. Those 101 organizations... There are 132 camps and retreat centers affiliated with the ELCA. So why do 101 organizations have 132 sites? Because some organizations have multiple sites. For example, in Nebraska, Nebraska Lutheran Outdoor Ministries has Carol Joy Halling Camp in the eastern part of the state near Omaha. And they have a place called Sullivan Hills out in the western part of the state. So they have two sites in their outdoor ministry organization. So that's what I do. I'm the executive director of this organization. Yeah, I came through one of those multi-site camps in Wisconsin, Crossways Camping Ministries. So I was at Pine Lake Camp, also Waypost and Imago Day Village. But I was, I was a Pine Laker. Fantastic. Oh, wow. You have good roots, Jeff. That's awesome. That's a a great organization. And I mean, one of the great things about what I have an opportunity to do now is I get a chance to experience the huge diversity in camps and where they're located and the kind of campsites we have. But one thing that is similar about all of them is the ministry they do is so incredibly powerful and so meaningful for so many people and so formative for so many people in terms of their faith and their sense of vocation. So it's just been amazing being involved as I am now with all 132 of these camps and retreat centers throughout the ELCA. 
uh, fantastic opportunity. The people who are involved in these uh, outdoor ministries, especially the staff, they believe at the bottom of their heart that their camp or their outdoor ministry or their retreat center is the best one in the whole world. And you know what? That's great. Because in their mind, it is the best one in the whole world. And that's the way it should be. One of the things that is so prevalent throughout our outdoor ministry organizations is the people who are involved are so proud of what they're involved in. And so all of that is really, really good. Speaking of the diversity of the camp, you know, I grew up, as you know, at Calumet as a camper and a staff person and a year-round staff person. And my first call was in upstate New York, and I was affiliated with Vanderkamp, which is a Lutheran Presbyterian camp in, in Syracuse area of New York. It was a completely different experience than what I knew at camp Calumet. But there was also the unique factor of Vanderkamp. It's a much smaller camp. Instead of the 200 and something staff as Calumet has during the summer, there was 17 staff. It was just an amazing place to be and, and to see the kids connecting with that camp in a different way than I was used to was just amazing. But it still felt like camp. You still have that atmosphere and the the connecting uh, with one another and connecting with God during that session of camp you're at. And it's just an amazing place to be. Oh, absolutely. And, and Vandekamp is such a wonderful place such a wonderful ministry, it's easy to succumb to the temptation of thinking that the bigger the camp, the better it is, and and that type of thing. Our big camp operations have hugely successful programs and hugely successful ministry, and they're hugely successful in connecting with people around uh, faith and Christian community. But the small ones have the same the same thing and, and the same kind of passionate connection with, with uh, the people who are served by those small organizations. Uh, w- one of the great things to experience is how effective in different kinds of ways, you know, the small intimate camp is and how effective the big camp with 300 kids and, and CITs and all connecting with their 150 staff and counselors in getting together every day for rah-rah-ray um, uh, in the morning and evening vespers. And there's something about that big sense of community that is, is so powerful, too. I remember having what I would call my favorite week of summer camp. It was the opposite experience. It was, um, you know, in the Midwest, there's a lot of big churches and a lot of big youth groups and a lot of those kinds of things. And it was such a nice, intimate gathering. It was a 4th of July week, so a lot of people were on vacation. They weren't at camp. And yeah. I think we had we had like 20 or 25 kids, and that was it. Tammy and I served as the directors that summer, and then we had four counselors, and that was it. And we had we had breakfast in the morning, and then we had, instead of having a staff meeting, we had a all-camp meeting, and we planned the day. <laughs> so, so, you want to do your wide game at 9:30? Sure, let's do it now. So it was, it, we did it, and yeah. it was just—it was so much fun because I mean, you knew everybody so well by the end of that week, and it was—it was just so wonderful. I sort of lived through through my career as a, an executive director of uh, an outdoor ministry organization, Calumet. I sort of lived through 
the small and intimate thing that gradually grew and grew and grew and became the big and complex thing where you had to have activities and everything all scheduled out because otherwise it would be total chaos. Yeah, but, right. Uh, when I started at Calumet in 1970, it was summer camp only. And in fact, just about all of our outdoor ministry organizations started as summer camp only. And now probably somewhere around 75 or 80% of them are totally year round with a whole range of facilities from very rustic to very, very comfortable. But uh, when, when I started at Calumet, it, it was a summer camp for kids. And there were about 100 kids each week, and there were, the, the staff was uh, maybe 30 or so uh, summer camp staff. And uh, it went for eight weeks, and that was it. And the relationships that people developed in that, in, in that context were incredibly strong. And you talk about sense of Christian community. Unbelievable. And in fact, I was a camper at Calumet. Uh, in the 60s, and um, a counselor in the 60s, and some of my best friends to this day are still people I went to camp with as a kid, people I served as a counselor with. We still get together from all over, you know, people travel from all over the country to get together. And so it's like, re really, that sense of community is incredible. And, um, and then Calumet just kept adding programs and facilities. Uh, and then by the time I left, it was 250 campers in the regular program in the summer. And it was 75 families all summer long in the family campground and the conference center. And it was a day camp operating there. And it was day camps throughout New England and vacation church schools throughout New England. And it went from a cast of 100 to a cast of uh, literally thousands on any given time during the summer. So I sort of lived through it all. I still have such strong recollection and positive recollection of that small, intimate community experience. But the one thing about all of our camps, too, is that small, intimate experience is something that everybody gets when they go to camp because the most significant group for any camper is the cabin group. Mm -hmm. And that's six or seven other kids, a counselor or two, and that's the group. And that's how it re retains the magic uh, that camp has for developing relationships. And as we all know, it's all about relationships. It definitely is. And I remember, you know, my time as a camper and thinking that my cabin group was the most important group at camp. And, and you kind of get that feeling and that sense from the counselors and, and the other staff. You know, you started, like you said, in 1970 at Calumet and you were at there for 35 years as a camp director and then executive director. Uh, you've also done a couple yep. of things in between your time at Calumet and LOM. Can you just talk a little bit about some of the things that you have done and a little bit about what excites you for ministry in general? I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, and this is a great story about uh, collaboration across ministry lines. So often we can be in our separate silos, but a lot of really, really powerful stuff starts happening even more when we work in collaboration with people who spend most of their time in silos other than our own silo. 
back around 2002 or 2003, Calumet was going great guns and having all kinds of programs. And I, w- I was having a great time. And we were in the midst of capital campaign and all that kind of thing. But at one point, this guy, Evan Moylan, e- Evan Moylan's well-known throughout campus ministry circles and throughout outdoor ministry circles and throughout social service organizations. And now he does some consulting work with Grunland, say, the Brunkow. And, uh, so Evan Moylan is pretty well known throughout the church. But uh, Evan was serving as a campus pastor at Arizona State University. He had been on the staff at Calumet for a few summers. They were going to have in the, in the Grand Canyon Synod a discernment retreat for young adults. And uh, as part of that retreat, they were looking for somebody to be part of the leadership team to be the, um, to represent outdoor ministries. And they had a number of different kinds of ministries uh, that they wanted to have represented at the retreat. Uh, Evan, who was on the planning team, he contacted me and he said, the guy, we're having this retreat in January would you be willing to be on the leadership team for this? You know, I'm thinking, all right, January, a retreat in Arizona. <laughs> Let me think yeah, about that for two seconds. Bad. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so so right. I went out to Arizona, and it was a fabulous experience, fabulous retreat, vocational discernment retreat. And I started thinking, holy cow, we, we could do something like this at Calumet. Uh, and I think the New England Synod could use something like this. So I went back to Calumet, and I started talking to our staff and stuff, and they kind of scratched their heads and looked at me. Discernment retreat? I said, yeah, I want to plan it for next January at Calumet, and I think quite a few people would want to come. Nobody believed it would ever go, but I got all <laughs> kinds of people involved in the planning of it. You know, we got seminary people involved, we got worship and music people from the synod involved in it. We've got the the people from the church vocations committee involved in it. We got all these different groups involved in it. And doggone it, you know, midweek time, middle of January in New Hampshire, we had like 80 people come to that retreat. It was incredible. Wow. Wow. And wow. the seminary people, they're there and they, they're there. Holy cow, we get to talk with 80 adults about vocational discernment and about the possibility that uh, there might be a call to public ministry. So they they kind of perked up to all of that, and we did a couple more of those kinds of things. But that first vocational discernment retreat, nine of the participants ended up uh, as students at Philadelphia Seminary the next fall. So in uh, 2005, the three Eastern seminaries, Philadelphia, Gettysburg, and Southern Seminary, they worked together to get a, a grant from Lilly Endowment in the amount of $3 million to run a five-year program that they were planning to call Project Connect. And um, it was all about getting church leaders from all over the east and third of the ELCA, Region 789, connected with each other 
and uh, for, so that they could be more intentional and proactive in inviting young adults into uh, vocational discernment programs and activities and retreats and stuff like that. So they invited me to serve as the uh, director of that program. It, it was uh, something that I first thought, why would I ever want to do that? But then the more I thought about it, the more it was uh, really good timing for me personally. And I think it was good timing for Calumet, too. And so it was like, um, you know, when you put a lot of these things together and you start thinking, hey, maybe this is a call. You know, maybe this is yeah. a call not only from church, but maybe it's a call from God, too. So I did that for uh, five years and then Lily uh, re-upped it with an additional grant of a couple million dollars. So we did it for three more years. So, yeah, I did three years with, as uh the director of Project Connect, and it was such a, a good experience for me personally, and I think it was really, really good for the church, and I know it worked out to be really, really good for those three seminaries. So again, I had the opportunity to be involved in work that was uh, very, very gratifying. And I had fun with that, too. You had recruited me to be one of the, uh, the hosts oh, of, of, of a student who's now a pastor serving in Pennsylvania, so that, that was wonderful. It was a good time to... Helped him kind of discern and also get some practical experience and be able to mentor, and it was great. And you know what, Jeff? We actually made it a point to seek out people to be involved in that way in Project Connect who had really rich outdoor ministry experience because people who have had outdoor ministry experience really get it when it comes to understanding how relationships are so important, and really get it when it comes to connecting and helping people to think through their gifts and passions and their sense of call in terms of what they do for work and what they do in their family and in their community and so forth. So that was a good experience for me uh, in knowing the, the very rich background you had in outdoor ministry. And some of the the people you keep company with, and uh, that's, uh, that's all, all great. There is so much vocational discernment that goes on in our camps, particularly with young adults who are working on summer camp staff because they're involved in public ministry when when they're doing that. that if that's not public ministry, then nothing is. And so... For the seminaries, staying connected with our church camps is so important for them because of the opportunity it affords to uh, be in some very profound relationships around vocational discernment. So that was all natural, and certainly with Project Connect, we made it a, a point to stay really connected with uh, outdoor ministries, with campus ministries, with our church colleges and their chaplains and the chapel programs with youth ministry um, and all of our youth ministry leaders and keeping uh, connected with all of them. So all of that was really good. I really grew in that experience because it, it helped me to understand how important it is for all of these different ministry practitioners to be interconnected and to be collaborating with each other. And I, I think that's helping me now. And what I'm doing as executive director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries for all of the camps and retreat centers affiliated 
with the ELCA. So I had a great experience with that. It was awesome. When the Project Connect thing was done, I worked at the Philadelphia Seminary for a couple of years. They invited me to serve as vice president for student development, which meant that uh, I was working in um, student uh, recruitment and also in developing some new scholarship uh, funds for the seminary. We had uh, some really good experience there. And then um, when I left Philadelphia Seminary, I had one of the most joyful career experiences I've had. And it was only for a short time. It was for four months. And it, it was with the organization known as Family Promise uh, that has programs in cities throughout the United States. The uh, interfaith community in Concord, New Hampshire, was working at getting a Family Promise program going in Concord. And Family Promise is all about the interfaith community, different denominations and different faiths uh, working together to provide shelter and meals for families who are homeless. It's such a great program, and the ministry they do is so important and so great. And so I worked with them four months and getting them up and running in Concord, New Hampshire. Great experience for me developed such a strong appreciation for the faith and the commitment and the passion of people in other denominations and in other uh, belief systems. And I, I came out of that experience with such a, a great respect for what the uh, Baptists are doing, the Episcopalians, the, the Baha'is, the, the Jewish community, and it, it was just awesome. And then this opportunity came along with uh, Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, and this is like my dream job now. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you but, get to travel quite a bit around the church to see these different sites and what's going on. A lot of the reports we hear or things we commiserate with colleagues is how the church is shrinking or how there's kind of a leadership gap or just kind of those things. As you've gone around and have seen some vibrancy in the church, what are some things you've you've seen that can encourage those who are kind of in the trenches and not seeing a lot of hope right now? I get a chance to travel all over the place, and our camps are in some absolutely beautiful areas. I'll tell you, it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend where I'm going to start up a small little camp east of Seattle called Olympic Luther Haven Camp. And then I'm going to be going down to Camp Lutherwood in Oregon. And then I'm going to be going down even further and I'm going to be at Mount Cross Lutheran Camp near San Jose, California. And all of these are in oh, such like Mount Cross is in the middle of a redwood forest, for heaven's sakes. It's just nice. fantastic. I made the commitment when I started in this position that in my first two years, I was, uh, I, I was committed to visiting all 132 of our sites. And I think when I get through with this next weekend, I will be through uh, about 65 of them. So that will be just about half. Uh, I tell you, it's uh, a lot easy um, visiting a lot of camps at once when you're in Minnesota, where we have 23 camps, than right. it is <laughs> out in Montana, where uh, we actually have two uh, outdoor ministries in, in Montana. We have Flathead 
Lutheran camp and we have Christicon. They're both in the same state and they take about six hours to get from one to the other. Oh, it's incredible. Wow, wow. Right, right, right. <laughs> so use the word vibrant, Jeff. And that's a really, really good word because when you see people who are involved in camp and retreat ministry, you see so much vibrancy and you see so much life and you see people who are experiencing such an alive experience. Our camps and retreat centers are connecting with demographics that the church typically has trouble connecting with. And I think particularly about young people, and I think about kids and how much they, generally speaking, absolutely love camp and love the sense of acceptance and the way they can feel safe and secure emotionally, physically, that they can feel that they are truly part of a community no matter who they are. And that extends into the young adults who are connecting with our outdoor ministries year after year. I mean, it's literally tens of thousands of young adults. This is such an important contribution that outdoor ministry has for the whole church. And also, you know, speaking of demographics, the way so many of our camps are not waiting for people to come to them, they're reaching out and going out to where the people are and having the people uh, experiencing the sense of community and relationship and the sense of connecting with with an all-loving and a full-of-grace God they're connecting in you know, city neighborhoods and in neighborhoods that the Lutheran Church has a hard time connecting with oftentimes. And so um, connecting with uh, immigrant communities and people of color. And, uh, and so I, I really feel that outdoor ministry, which, by the way, generally speaking, throughout a vast majority of our outdoor ministry organizations, they're experiencing a resurgence in participation. There were some difficult times for many of our organizations over the past 10 or 12 years or so. There's um, there's a bounce back up in a lot of camps. Uh, this past summer, holy cow, increase of 100 campers this past summer, 200, one camp I just talked with that they had an increase of 500 campers over last summer. And the thing is that I really feel that outdoor ministry is poised to work in collaboration with some of our other ministry organizations to be um, a real integral part of the ELCA uh, becoming a, a church that is growing in numbers. And I, I really feel that, that we're poised to be part of all of that. I think it's important for camps to stay really, really closely linked to congregations. I think it's important for congregations to stay really, really closely linked to our camps. I think it's really, really important for our camps to stay connected with our campus ministries certainly with our youth ministry organizations. One of the really, really good things that's uh, starting uh, with outdoor ministry now is uh, strong collaborations with a lot of these other organizations. So for instance, the ELCA Youth Gathering is such an important event every third year for the ELCA. It's so powerful for so many teenagers. 
you know, a lot of a lot of summer camps over the years have complained about the youth gathering. It takes place in the summer, and they're, they have less of those kids going to camp in those summers, every third summer, and that type of thing. NAV is a growing sense of collaboration, and we have a lot of gratitude to Molly Beckdean and the other leaders of the ELCA youth gathering for their uh, understanding of how important outdoor ministry is for the church. And we've been collaborating there. And now for the next youth gathering in 2018, the theme of the youth gathering will be the same theme as the outdoor ministry curriculum that LOM produces every summer. People throughout the ELCA connecting with all their camps and their retreats We'll have the same theme that all the kids going to youth gathering will be connecting with, and it will be all the more reason for kids who go to the youth gathering from, say, Minnesota, all get together at uh, Minnesota Campa 2 for reunion weekends and stuff like that. And so um, I think we're at the point where the youth gathering is going to be seen as a blessing for our camps and the camps are going to be seen as a blessing for the youth gathering. And that's the way it should be in the church. Yep, that's amazing. At a practical level, when a congregation has a good fortune of sending a number of their kids to camp for a week or two weeks experience, or they have uh, some of their youth who may serve on staff in some capacity or, you know, counselor in training or, or anything like that. And, and from my experience, a lot of these kids, when they come back to the church, they are so energized and so pumped about their faith. They come to church and, and they kind of want to have that camp experience back in their home congregation, or they want to volunteer in, in a number of ways or get the youth group back up and running again. What are some of the things that you could advise congregations or uh, youth leaders or even pastors, practical tips that they could take away and say, if I have four or five kids who go to summer camp, and I want to engage them back home in their own congregations and ministry. What are some of the things that, that they could do to continue to connect with the kids and keep their faith energized? Joe, uh, you can tell you've been involved with outdoor ministry your whole life because, <laughs> um, because that is such a relevant question. And that's been a relevant question through the ages. That's been a relevant question since I was a teenager going to, to camp. Because it's often been a difficult nut to crack to figure out how are we going to translate that camp experience and make it transcendent into the Christian community experience through the whole year. Here's a suggestion I would have for the pastor of a congregation and um, other church leaders and Sunday school leaders and youth ministry leaders. Be specific in extending invitation for kids who are coming home all excited about camp. Be specific in terms of extending an invitation for them to be involved in specific aspects of the life of that congregation. Find a way of using that campers experience and excitement from that experience to enrich the worship life of the congregation. Don't just uh, say, hey, uh, I hope you come to church on Sunday morning, but 
figure out ways of making that more specific of um, we uh, really need you in church on Sunday morning because of this. And I can tell from your experience at camp that you'd be really good at this. So that's yep. a suggestion I would have. Kids who come through and have excitement because of their camp experience, a lot of that is because they have found a lot of respect for what they contribute to that camp experience, what they contribute to the community life, what they contribute to the life of their cabin group, and that kind of thing. It's called leadership. I would encourage congregation leaders to extend invitation for kids who come home with the excitement of camp to be leaders and let them make some of the decisions about how to implement their leadership in productive ways. And one of the things we all know who have been involved in outdoor ministry, when young people know that they have responsibility where the buck stops with them, 99% of the time, they're going to step up to the plate. They're going to live into that responsibility and they're going to um, treat that responsibility well. So I would say entrust those kids with all their excitement about camp with real leadership and with um, some real opportunity to make decisions about how their leadership is going to be implemented. That's really good. And it's very helpful because in some ways, ministry leaders and and congregations want to recreate the camp experience in their own congregations. And over and over again, I think they fail at trying to do that because you can't really recreate that in the congregation. But you can invite young people into leadership positions in the church. You can invite them to experience and, and just kind of own their faith in your congregation. And it's not going to be the same at camp, but I think they will continue to grow and be excited about their faith when they they do some of the things that you suggest. So thank you for that. I was at a staff reunion, oh, it's probably about 10 years ago already, but the people that attended, I would say half of them were involved in leadership in the church in some way, shape, or form. So whether that was on a, a staff or, or a, a you know leadership office like pastor or something like that. There were certainly those of us in that group, but you know people teaching Sunday school or or on their church council or you know doing those types of things too. And then there was a group of yeah. the other folks that were there were that were just longing for summer, and uh, it was just kind of an interesting way that got parsed out because the people that really got it that had opportunities once they were able to connect it to something else and say okay some of these skills translate and and following Jesus in this way isn't just about summer it's about all the time you know they made the, that transition and we were able to continue to grow and uh, and others weren't and i just thought yeah. found that just to be kind of a fascinating distinction that was made um, so, so making those connections back home when they get back from camp is so important. And uh, I love I love your piece about giving them things to do and helping them own it. And uh, I think that's absolutely. And one thing that I hope congregation leaders will pay attention to is there's been a major research project going on that has been very connected to LOM. Jake Sorensen has been doing this major research project. He started this whole research thing as his doctoral thesis, his PhD thesis at Luther Seminary. The research has shown for children and youth who are involved in 
church camp experience, they are three times more likely to be involved in Christian community experience five years later than those who do not have church camp experience. That's a pretty dramatic statistical piece of information, I think, for all of us in the church to pay attention to. What our own New England Synod Bishop Jim Hazelwood, he for many years when he was parish pastor, uh, he, he and his wife Lisa at um, St. Andrews in Charlestown, Rhode Island, they had the the, fa- the largest growing, the fastest growing congregation in the New England Synod. And if you ask them what was their secret, one of the things they said was that when somebody new walked into the church on, say, a Sunday morning, and there were people poised to welcome them and, and that type of thing, but instead of giving them the expectation that, are you going to join the church council? Are you going to be a, in the choir? Are you going to do that? What they would do is they they would encourage them to go to the next congregation retreat at Calumet. Uh, St. Andrews, three times a year, would have a retreat for the whole congregation for a weekend at Calumet. And so when the new people got signed up for the retreat, and that's a little, you know, that's kind of an attractive thing. We're all going to New Hampshire for the weekend. Would you, yeah, right. How about coming up with this beautiful place? It's on Lake Ossipee. It's in the White Mountains. And so the new person or the new couple or the new family, they go to Camp Calumet for the weekend. They have that great community experience. If there's kids involved, they're playing with the other kids and having a great time. When they get back to Rhode Island, they can't help but join the church because everybody loved it so much. And so um, over the years, that just kept working magic for them, and they kept uh, growing and growing as a congregation. I think it's a great example of how important it is for congregations and, and church camps to work together so that we can together proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to more people and have more people uh, feel God's grace and God's love and want to be part of proclaiming that to the world around them. I've seen that over and over again, especially those congregations. You know, when I worked and, and was hosting some of those retreats and just to see, you know, that people get so excited about their faith and their life and their congregation. Before we, we wrap up here, could you talk a little bit more about LOM? And, and we know that it's kind of the network of Lutheran camps and for people who are listening who are part of a congregation and just kind of on the periphery of you know maybe going to camp or having their kids go uh, just so they have a greater sense of what LOM is and some of the history how it came to be and and some of your vision for it for the future. The camps and retreat center is affiliated with the ELCA and its predecessor bodies have always been networked together and for Quite a long time, the ELCA, and prior to that, the ALC and the LCA, the church-wide organization had full-time staff people. The only part of their portfolio was to keep the outdoor ministry organizations and practitioners networked with each other so that there would be a network of of support, encouragement, of educational opportunities, helping each other in times of crisis, of being available to each other 
when uh, camps were going through transition, especially in terms of executive leadership and that type of thing. But about nine or 10 years ago, because of budget difficulties, I uh, had to eliminate its three full-time positions in outdoor ministries. So the camps and retreat centers know full-time support from church staff. LOM has done a great job in the nine or ten years uh, since it began in terms of living into its purpose of supporting, encouraging, and equipping, and educating the uh, leaders and board members of those organizations. But it's only within the past year that LOM has had the financial capacity to have a full-time executive director. So that's why I'm the first executive director. And I'm loving being the first executive director. We have been able to do that because of a one-time grant from the ELCA of $100,000, which made it possible for LOM to go out on a limb and say, uh, we uh, have the financial capacity now I mean, a big challenge for us is that we have to develop more financial support because it was a one-time grant from ELCA. So our only source of financial support is from our member organizations, the individuals who work year-round at our outdoor ministries, and they are individual members. Board members of those organizations are individual members, and anybody who makes a contribution to LRM is an individual member. Those are our sources of support. And so one of the things we're doing is working at amping up the financial contributions that organizations, uh, member organizations and individuals make to make it possible for us to keep on supporting each other and helping each other in the ways that we do. And the ways that we are doing that are just getting stronger and stronger all the time. Some of the things that we provide for both outdoor ministry professionals and for board members is once a year we have an annual conference. We have our next annual conference coming up November 7th through 11th at Carol Joy Holland Camp in uh, Nebraska. We're going to have probably 150 to 200 people participating in that. It gives all of our um, year-round uh, staff people an opportunity to get together. And like I did when we were networked through the church-wide in initiation of all of this, I stole idea after idea from other camps. And we all steal each other's ideas and bring them home and implement them. And it just keeps getting all of our outdoor ministry sites uh, stronger and stronger. We have educational events. Every year we have an educational event called the Leadership Training Event. It's especially geared for entry-level year-round staff who are just getting into working in outdoor ministry as a professional career. And we also have every other year what we call a board training event for board members of all of our camp organizations. LOM publishes a camp curriculum every year, which is popular not only with our own organizations, but other denominations find it helpful in their camp programs too. And it's also becoming a really uh, helpful uh, curriculum for a lot of our vacation Bible schools throughout the ELCA. We are developing 
a much more organized interim executive director program that will be administered by LOM and the Episcopals and Presbyterians and Methodists and UCCs are going to come in with us on this. But this will make it possible for us to provide training for people to be intentional interims when a, an outdoor ministry organization is going through executive transition. And in so many cases, it would be helpful to have this intentional interim, especially where there's been an executive director in place. For, well, in, like, for instance, where I was there for 35 years, Randy Gullickson resigned from Lutheran. He'd been there, uh, I don't know, 32 years in that one location. So we're putting together, that's going to be a huge service to all of our outdoor ministry organizations. We uh, have the opportunity for outdoor ministry organizations to call on us to put together what we call consultation teams, few um, pairs of uh, expert and experienced eyes to uh, go into a camp or a retreat site and to spend a few days there and to just take a look at things by talking with uh, participants and campers and parents and pastors and church leaders throughout the service area and to make recommendations um, based on what they see. And these are eyes that are experienced, but not totally embedded in the organization. So oftentimes can see things that folks who have been involved for many years don't see. There's all kinds of ways we're uh, stepping up. We've just entered into an agreement with the American Camp Association, where all of our LOM camps that are accredited by the ACA will now be getting a 15% reduction in their ACA dues every year, oh, nice. um, which oh, is going to be really uh, significant, especially for our bigger camps with bigger budgets. And uh, we do encourage our all of our LOM camps to be accredited by the ACA because that's a way of documenting that you're really living up to some very high uh, standards for all the people who come and are part of your camp and retreat programs. So these are just some of the things that LOM is in, involved in. I mean, the days ahead for LOM are really, really exciting, and we're just developing all kinds of ways to be helping each other out. And a big part of having an executive director, no matter who that is, is you have a face to the organization. So in all the collaborations that I've been talking about, you have somebody who, who can be at the table of a, a lot of different organizations. And this is paying already significant dividends for all of our camps because of how we're able to be at tables that we haven't been represented at for the past eight or nine years. So all of this is really good stuff, and I'm very excited about it. It's important to see that, you know, as pastors, we have, you know, other colleagues to connect with. And, and luckily, you know, there are a number of colleagues in our own geographical areas where we can call upon them and seek advice or kind of work out some ministry questions that we have. But camps, it's a little harder because they're so spread out. Even, you know, in Minnesota, where there's a lot more camps, they're, they're not necessarily just right next door to each other. So to have that network 
to be able to connect only makes the campers' experience uh, more enriching and deeper as they connect with God and with the other campers. You know, what, what do you do on kind of a daily basis to stay connected with God and your faith? One of our organizations, Mount Carmel Lutheran Retreat Center in Alexandria, Minnesota, they share a boundary they share... line with Luther, with Luther... Crest. Right, right. And uh, one of the things they do every year is they they publish a thing called Daily Texts. And it's sort of like the Lutheran version of the Daily Texts that the Moravian Church has. For me, it's just so helpful to begin each day by reading an Old Testament text and a New Testament text that I know literally thousands of people around the world are connecting with God's revelation to us using, you know, with the same words. And so that gets my day started in a way that is very briefly uh, spiritually uh, grounded and connected with God and uh, thinking about that throughout the day. That's one of the ways that I stay spiritually grounded. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It was so great to talk with you and to hear more about what you are doing with LOM and some of the exciting things that are happening and going to happen within that organization and shedding a little light on some of the things that we can do in our own congregations to connect with some of our kids um, who are attending camp, either as campers or staff people. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to learn a little bit more about camp ministry or to connect with you in another way, uh, what's the best way that someone can do that? Uh, They can send me an email, director, D-I-R-E-C-T-O-R, at lomnetwork.org. Or they can just Google L-O-M, and I encourage anybody who has a question, a concern, anything at all, please get in touch with me. Great. Well, thank you once again. And yeah, we encourage you, our listener, to connect with the ministry sites and to get that experience and to energize your faith. And we hope that you are able to take advantage of that. So we are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jackson Abaldo. We hope you have a blessed day. They might not have hair, but they really do care. Holy cow, I just saw that this went on for over an hour. As you can tell, I love talking about all of this stuff.